This is Lit and Lucid, your after-work de-stress smoke sesh podcast. I'm your host, Lit. And I'm your host, Lucid, and we're going to take you on a journey. A journey to discover the truth and find the balance. Every week, we get deep on those thought-provoking topics that ooze out of the cannabis universe. But we also keep it real by illuminating important issues and people in today's culture. So kick back. Consume your favorite cannabis products and get cozy in the the Lit and Lucid lifestyle. Welcome everybody to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are here recording another episode of the show. We're like mid-December. It's a little chilly outside. Seems like, you know, the holidays are coming up. So thank you guys for sticking with us through 2020. I know it's been a crazy ride for everybody. Uh, But today we have a special guest. It's Narmeen Jarus. She is now the Chief Development Officer at Exclusive Brands in Michigan, which is one of the leading vertically integrated cannabis companies and the first licensed recreational cannabis retailer in the state. And I don't think we've had anybody on from Michigan, so we're really excited to have you today. Welcome. Thanks so much. I'm such a big fan of the show, so thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Michigan's a fun market. That's a new market. So we're always like, we're like kids in a candy shop to, to talk about like the new the new place that opened up and all the cool fun features that, that go along with it. So I know later, uh, we do got some great questions on the docket for, for Michigan cannabis and kind of and kind of how you're helping to, to carve the new niche there. I'm so excited. Um, I'm so excited to talk about Michigan, talk about all the great things that's being done out here and how we're hoping to give back to the communities out here. Awesome. Well, we normally start the show asking if you're a cannabis consumer, uh, but we did do our research and we found out you are an, indeed a consumer. So do you want to explain to us a little bit more about how you found cannabis and what you utilize it for? Yeah, so I'm definitely a cannabis consumer. And um, I always say I'm so heartbroken that it took me so long to um, get into cannabis consumption. Um, I only started using um, after I came back to working for exclusive brands and really got, you know, into the cannabis industry, um, in a business sense. And, um, that breaks my heart because, um, I struggled for so long to find a solution for my chronic pain, um, my chronic nausea and all of the, um, you know, chronic conditions I have that go along with my, uh, diagnosis of endometriosis. And, um, I suffered from endo from the time I was, probably 11 years old. I was diagnosed at 15, but, um, I was in pain for years and years before that. And, um, I was on medication after medication. And, um, that was only after they realized something was wrong with me. Cause for so long, it was just, you know, shouting to the void and, you know, kind of trying to convince people, convince doctors, convince my parents, even that, um, you know, something was wrong, that I was feeling sick all the time, that I was in pain all the time. And I could really never find anything to even make a dent in that pain. And um, that is until cannabis and until I, it, it was really the first thing that um, really improved my quality of life. And it really gave me my life back. And I think that's why I'm so dedicated and passionate about making this industry successful because it gave me so much. It gave me my life back and I, I'm eternally grateful. 
Yeah, I was just thinking about that. You know, like there's so many people out there that struggle with pain management or endometriosis. And it is frustrating, you know, if you're just going to a doctor and they're just prescribing you with medication. And like you said, it's not even putting in a dent in, you know, what your problem is. And you're trying to convince just the doctors and your parents, you know, that something's wrong. And I totally feel for you. I think Jared's had some similar experiences um, with like ADD medication and that's frustrating. And so I'm glad to hear that the cannabis plant has helped you and now you can help, you know, tell others about that and that can help them as well in a more natural, holistic manner. Yeah. And I really think that people, you know, they're always like, well, just, you know, go to the doctor and get a prescription. And why do you have to use drugs? You know, is what they always say as if, as if the, the Vicodin that you're being prescribed is any less dangerous or um, anything like that. But, you know, it, you can't overstate what it means to give someone their life back, to improve their quality of life, to make it so that they can get out of bed in the morning or they can go to work or they can be just like a functioning member of society. And it's so hard to, you know, explain to people who don't have chronic conditions, who don't live with chronic illnesses or disabilities, what it's like to, to have this thing wrong with you every single day of your life. And, you know, that's the chronic part of a chronic illness is no matter what, it's always there. Um, you know, whether it's a low pain day or, you know, maybe I wake up feeling great and have a ton of energy, it's still there and it's still kind of looming and, and having to face, you know, everyday life without any idea of relief or, you know, any, any real plan for you to get better is really daunting. And it's really, it's really difficult. And um, it's hard to explain to people who don't experience it themselves. But um, if I can just get more awareness out about the wonderful benefits of cannabis and all the different ways it can improve people's lives. Um, I just, I really need to do so. Yeah. I mean, you are in probably the best position that you could be in to do that. You know, (laughs) I think working at a cannabis company is a great position for you to be in because, you know, like we mentioned earlier, you're helping usher in a new market, which also means that there's a lot of individuals who have had that same, if not similar experience to you where they've been misunderstood and they've tried, you know, multiple methods to, to you know, alleviate the the symptoms and and you know nothing's really helped except for cannabis. Or maybe there's even a whole host of people out there who've never tried cannabis, but they're going to have to hear stories like this where they're they're open to it, they're comfortable, they're willing to try it, and then they also know how to turn around and and talk to their family and their and their physicians and everybody about about their choice. So I think your position already is great because you you know you know you've had that experience and you can kind of work from the inside out of understanding the the pain points of some of these consumers and being able to to relate relate with them and and develop products that are geared towards those things. That's cool. Yeah. And I'm, thank you so much. And I'm so excited to, you know, be in this position for exactly that reason and be able to, you know, kind of teach people that there isn't a typical cannabis consumer. So I think everybody has this like stereotype of the typical stoner and what that looks like and, and, you know, all of those, you know, negative connotations that go along with that. And so I'm so happy and so proud to be able to kind of, you know, dispel some of the, some of that stigma that's around it. And so that people aren't embarrassed or ashamed or, you know, worried about looking a certain type of way by doing it. Um, I, I can't, uh, explain how much, how excited I am to be able to, uh, get rid of some of those stigmas. So people can feel proud when they're consuming their cannabis for whatever reason they're consuming it, whether, you know, it's for chronic pain or, you know, for relaxing at the end of the day, whatever it may be, they should be allowed to do so. And, you know, in a safe manner and, um, increasing access to safe, clean cannabis is a huge passion of mine. 
That's great. Yeah. And I think you and your, yourself, you're also breaking a lot of stigmas and, and kind of going against a lot of the norms. First off, you're, you're really young and, you, and you're a very passionate female and you're you know, definitely carving out a niche for yourself, which I think is, is hard to do either way as, as a female in today's industries. Um, you know, I know you've, you've spoken about some different things with females not really getting the same opportunities as males. And uh, I think the, the same could be said also about um, you know, the younger you are. I think a lot of people look down on you as if like you don't have the experience or something. And I think you're also helping to break those stigmas as well, which is cool. Now, you come from a whole different background. You don't, you know, you haven't been like a, a veteran grower or somebody making extracts or a cannabis advocate your whole life. You have a background in neuroscience. So I'm curious, you know, tell us about how, you know, those two intertwine and maybe how that experience helped you make a transition into the cannabis industry. Yeah. So, you know, neuroscience and cannabis are, you know, way more intertwined than people would think. And um, my degree is in um, behavioral and biological sciences from uh, U of M. And it's, it's been um, like the best part of my job has been finding ways to use my degree to kind of enrich my um, everyday work. And so I mostly do licensing and business development on a day-to-day basis. Um, but my favorite thing in the world is being able to go out and um, talk to customers, you know, pre-COVID <laughs> or, um, you know, talk to even our employees so that they have a better um, relationship with our customers. And they can really explain to them on a, like a molecular level how cannabis is is affecting their bodies. Because at Exclusive Brands, we really want to make sure that every, um, you know, retail customer that comes in leaves our store happy with what they've purchased um, and understanding what they're taking and how it's going to make them feel. We don't want anyone you know, being surprised by, by the effects of their cannabis. You know, we obviously hope for some pleasant surprises, um, but we don't want people to go into um, their consumption, not knowing how they're going to be feeling. We don't want it to be way off. And so um, being able to kind of educate our bud tenders so that they can educate our customers is really exciting. And um, it, you can tell the difference and the confidence of our consumers when they're going to um, use the products they purchase at our stores or that are made by our company. And um, that's really what we're here for is making sure people get the cannabis that they want. And um, it's super exciting and um, it's super fulfilling to know that people are leaving your store knowing so much more than when they came in. Yeah. And that kind of leads us to the questions about, you know, the Michigan market. I know you guys have only been live for the last year. I think it was December 2019 that you guys officially started selling recreationally. So what is the cannabis consumer like in Michigan? Do they have like a baseline knowledge of what cannabis is or is this, you know, very new to a lot of people? What kind of consumers are you seeing? Um, you know, at the beginning on December 1st, we saw a lot of people who have been you know, using cannabis for a very long time, lining up um, to make that purchase on December 1st. And so that was really exciting to see. Um, I didn't know how passionate people were about cannabis because I didn't have a background in cannabis um, when I first joined the company. And um, so it was always so interesting to see how people reacted to it. And, you know, I had um, just started using cannabis myself and um, I was obviously so impressed by it and the benefits of it. Um, But the passion people have in Michigan for cannabis can like, cannot be overstated. It's so great. And um, it's so 
amazing to be here where it's so well received. And we were in Ann Arbor. Um, that's where our flagship location is. And people are so excited out there. That's the home of Hash Bash. And um, we've known about that for years. And so I guess I always knew in the back of my head that people um, in the Ann Arbor area and the surrounding areas love cannabis. Um, but the consumers there are so knowledgeable and you know I swear half the time no more than I do which is so sad to admit but they they do their research and they you know so many of them are growers themselves or have micro businesses and they're just so excited about coming to your store and trying your products and it makes you feel so good about what you do and um so yeah so a lot of the time we have all these people that know so much and are so educated and um we love to learn from our customers as well that's pretty neat. I mean, it's not every day that you know you get to watch an industry just be birthed and, right. and start, and it's not every day that you get to watch like something start off for the first time. And I think that's what you got to witness was that new excitement of like, wow, I think we're all experiencing this for the first time. But I am. It's promising to hear that the Michiganders do understand their cannabis. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I was taking a gander at Exclusive Brands website, and I was impressed myself with uh, the number of different verticals that you guys are a part of. I know you guys have basically everything covered, and I thought for you know a year old market, it's pretty well established right now with a lot of the same product products we'd see in an established market like Colorado or California or Washington. I mean, it just like picks up in another state. So I think that's cool to see from somebody from an outsider's perspective of like everybody can have the same opportunity everywhere now, whereas it's not so uh, you know like regionalized or or you know it's just like certain products in certain areas. It's like you can have the best of both worlds anywhere. Um, even yeah. without it being federally legal, I guess. That's cool. Absolutely. And I think it's all about listening to to the consumers as well because they know what they want. They've seen other markets. And so many people from Michigan have traveled to you know all of those markets where it was legalized when it wasn't in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, you know we did a really good job of of listening to what the consumers are looking for and what they want out of these cannabis brands. And we tried to cater it to a wide range of people. And so, um, you know, our mission statement from the beginning has really been uh, increasing access to cannabis to for everyone. And so we really wanted to make sure that um, our store had products for every consumer you could think of. Um, you know, that's how we developed most of our brands is by, you know, kind of looking to see what missing from the market what what aren't people getting and all the times it's you know by looking inwards and thinking like what aren't I getting from the market what what do I wish I could see on a shelf and so that's kind of how we we cater it and I it's a little self-centered because you know sometimes I'll say you know I, I wish I had a product that looked like this or I wish I had a product that did more of this and then you know the next day we have the processing department churning it out um but we have found that 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 works that there's so many people that think like we do and that want similar things and you know if you give them a really good quality product they're going to use it and they're going to love it yeah can you imagine like six years from now <laughs> yeah it's going to be crazy so fun. oh my gosh especially as the other states come on board and just creativity flows creativity, into this it's yeah. so cool to watch the creativity That's what i was just thinking yeah what is what is one of your favorite parts of the industry so far Oh man, where do you begin? Um, honestly, I love the manufacturing side of things. Um, I love going into our processing center and watching, you know, all our different um, our manufacturers create these wonderful products and um, all the automation and how how focused people are. And even if it's you know something as simple as like filling vape carts, it's like art. You watch them do it, and it's like 
one of those cheesy montages where they play like classical music mm-hmm. and you know all of these workers are walking around and they're like the the worker bees and um it's just it's really great to see um you know things go from kind of like seed to sale and so i think processing is probably my favorite um part of our company uh i'm gonna have all of my like retail managers calling me up yelling at me after this <laughs> but um but it, it does just watching all those um products be created is amazing and i've always i always loved baking um so yeah. i always like sneaking into the industrial kitchen and kind of taking a look around and seeing what they're churning up so i think yeah. that's my favorite part it's always cool to go into a lab, you know, just like seeing it at the start. And then it's, at, you know, it's not, I mean, it's magical when you see it in the retail, don't get me wrong. But like when you're behind the scenes and get to really see like that oil being made and everything like that, it's pretty cool. I know. I was having well, like, I was having like visions yeah. of like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory yeah. <laughs> or something. So yeah. Like- you never know what to expect when someone says like a cannabis manufacturing facility. You're like, what does that even look like? And so, you know, being it coming from, a background of not having anything to do with cannabis. I used to work for, you know, a medical equipment company, um, which was just, a, you know, an office job. You go in and they're like, oh, come see this cannabis manufacturing facility. And you walk in and it's nothing like you'd expect it to be. Mm-hmm. And so that's always, it's always nice also giving people like tours and having um, kind of seeing that dawn on them as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I saw my first, um, facility as like a cannabis consumer. And that really just like opened my eyes. It was one of our biggest facilities and companies here in Colorado. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. And you just have a different level of respect then for the cannabis and the products that you're consuming after you do get to do that. So I think it's important that consumers can see that as well. And, you know, if people are able to, you know, check out those facilities, it's pretty dope. It is cool. Yeah. But I do want to, you know, make sure those retail managers are happy. And I will say that Mm -hmm. the one part about the retail side that is fun is that you do get to see the smile on people's faces. I mean, I'm like, I'm not a a butt tender. I'm not a manager there or anything. I'm just a consumer. And even I, I geek out when I go in and see people like, like smelling that strain and like then put the smile on their face or they ask like, do you have this? And they're like, totally. Mm -hmm. And these people are like, oh my God, that's so awesome. And I think that's, what's cool about all this is just seeing that the options. There's like so many options available, like you said, for your various people. And you guys are basically increasing access for everybody because everybody's different. Uh, we know that from, you know, neuroscience and, you know, there's no neurotypical really. Everybody's different and everybody's got different spices of life and everybody's got different patterns and habits. And some people like chocolate and some people like to take a dab. And, right. you know, that's just <laughs> what it is. And like they should be able to have that choice. Absolutely. And I always say our bud tenders are like magicians and I don't understand how they uh, have so much information in their brains and you can ask them any questions and they'll have an answer like ready for you in two seconds. And I always like, they're like, well, ask anything you want, Narmeen, like, just let me know. And so I'd start asking them, you know, for something for, you know, my bad pain days or when I have nausea or, you know, something like that. And then I leave happily with all these products and I'm like, oh, wow, I asked them all my questions. And I go back the next time and I have, you know, 30 new questions for them. And so I think they're, I think they're sick of me over there from, you know, talking their ear off all just because it helps you in so many ways. And, you know, whether it's um, something for when I'm, my OCD is really bad or when, you know, um, I'm having some weeks where my ADHD is extra, is extra interfering with my life. Um, it's just, they're always there for you. 
And um, I do love my bud tenders so dearly. So that's my, <laughs> that's my plug for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I could talk about um, our great team for hours and hours because I truly, you know, I'm not biased or anything, but um, I would like to say that we have the best team in the entire world. And it's just such an enthusiastic group of people. And um, I'm so lucky to get to work with them. That's awesome. Yeah, I know you guys are doing a lot of great things there. And sounds like you do have a great team and you guys are all um, just like rocking it. I love that. I know another thing you guys are doing, which is cool, which is, you know, you guys are social equity programs. So I know we want to talk about that and talk about, you know, what's social equity like in Michigan and um, what are you guys doing individually to, to address that problem? Yeah, so social equity um, has really been a part of the Michigan framework from the beginning. Um, it was something that I know the regulators were really passionate about and really wanted to be successful. Um, like any new industry, it's always hard to get things, you know, kind of off the ground. And um, I've been really privileged to be able to uh, work really closely with Michigan's Marijuana Regulatory Agency and um, help them expand their social equity program. And um, I was able to do so by teaching some um, work group presentations and some classes on um, how to get licensed as a social equity applicant. Um, so I actually, you know, did these Zoom classes um, where I could help them and kind of reach those social equity applicants directly. Um, and, you know, these are people with really great ideas and who are really passionate about the cannabis industry who've just been, you know, disadvantaged along the way, whether that's because of a marijuana conviction or because of because they live in a disproportionately impacted community. Um, you know, we know that you know, black and brown people and black and brown communities are affected so much more um, during the war on drugs. And so um, if we can do our part to give back to those communities and kind of give people a leg up so they can participate in this industry that we all know and love, um, you know, we'll, we'll be in a really good spot finally, I think in Michigan. And so, um, you know, we saw kind of a lack of participation um, in the social equity program on both like the applicant side and, you know, some of the bigger businesses in the industry weren't really um, contributing to the, to the various social equity, you know, initiatives in Michigan. And so um, exclusive brand solution was to create our own social equity program where we uh, mentor social equity applicants one-on-one and help them, you know, throughout help them with their licensing process kind of from start to finish and help them get, um, licensed and up and ready and uh, we cover their startup licensing fees so that they can experience this industry that we all love so much. I think what you guys have done is like tremendous. Like that's great. You guys took it a step further and we're like, we're just going to take a hands-on approach here and just work with them directly. Like how cool is that? Kudos to you guys. Thank you so much. And you know, we're just so, we're so lucky to be in this space and um, you know, I've had a lot of hardship in my life, but that it still comes with so much immense privilege to be here and be able to be working at this company I love so much. And, you know, with this plant that I love so much and, and has impacted my life in such a positive way. And, um, I just always feel like this sense, like this sense of urgency to help people, you know, kind of get in here and work with me and, um, give them the opportunities to do so, because I know that like, without all this privilege I'm like drowning in right now. Um, you know, I wouldn't be here and I think people should be afforded at least the same opportunity that I was. Yeah, that's great. How, so what did people do? Just like apply through your guys's company or how does that work? Yeah. So, um, we, you know, we partner 
partnered up with the state of Michigan. So they recommend um, social equity applicants that they think are having trouble, um, that they think that, I'm sorry, that they have um, barriers to uh, gaining entry into the industry, Mm -hmm. whether it be, um, you know, a monetary barrier, um, they can't afford those licensing fees or whatever it may be. Um, So they'll recommend them directly and give them my contact information. Um, And then we also have a social equity section of our website where people can go in and apply. And um, we just wanted to make it as accessible as possible to so many people. um, Because, you know, while of course, money is always an obstacle and always will be an obstacle. Um, and a lot of companies have responded to that by donating money to these initiatives. Um, a lot of what we're seeing is a lack of social capital and people just not knowing how to navigate the system because mm-hmm. the system is very daunting. You know, as most systems in America have been built, it's very, um, they're very daunting and they're not easy to navigate. And people, you know, the lay person has trouble understanding, you know, the ins and outs of licensing. Um, I do it day in and day out and I can barely understand it. So um, I, that's kind of where exclusive wanted to really get in there and make a difference by helping people understand what they're supposed to be doing. And so they're not tripped up on these, you know, small technicalities. You know, it's, it's really like the read the fine print thing times a million where people, are missing these really small parts of their applications and so the entire thing's being thrown out and that's just heartbreaking because people put time and money and so much you know heart into these applications and for them not to be able to do it because they didn't understand the smallest of technicalities is just so sad to me that's rough yeah and i know that a lot of things that people forget about this is with you know cannabis being uh being illegal for so long um which it should have never been in the first place um, a lot of these people that was their way of life for a long time. And like somebody had to do it and they did it with a passion and they took the risk and some of them may have gotten in trouble. And I think what people forget along this is that now this has been turned into a business and a lot of these people don't even have the business acumen to, to make that leap. And so that's where, you know, I think even in like Colorado, they're coming around with social equity now, but at the very beginning, it was like, well, what did you expect people to do? Like you're saying, this is like an extremely daunting process. And if these people have never even organized the business before, um, you're really expecting like a lot of different things to fall into place. And so I think it's great that you guys are taking the hands-on approach because that's exactly what these folks need. They just need somebody just to walk them through the process and and help them. Like you mentioned, you know, monetary, clearly that's probably um, always a hurdle. But, you know, the monetary, you're not even discussing like the legal and having a lawyer on your team. And there's just all all these things. There's a lot to it. And so I think that's incredible what you guys are doing is basically offering a hand up not just, you know, donating to a cause. You guys are literally like right there working alongside him, which I think um, anybody who goes through the program, I'm sure is immensely grateful for that opportunity. Super valuable, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we're really excited about it and we're hoping that it gets more traction and that, you know, as we continue to grow and can take on more and more applicants every month that other companies will want to do the same thing. Um, and, you know, not everybody does their applications in-house. Like I do all of exclusive brands applications and licensing items from start to finish myself. Um, and so that's not, you know, really the norm. A lot of times people have lawyers doing it or entire firms doing it. Um, but we're hoping that, you know, as, as our program gets more attention and builds more traction, that other companies, companies will want to do the same thing. You know, we've heard a lot of people be like, well, you know, as soon as that gets popular, people are going to be copying you left and right. And I'm like, yeah, I hope so. You know, that's (laughs) why I'm doing it. I hope people start copying us. And I hope, you know, at the end of the day, as long as more people are getting the help that they need and they deserve, and I'm over the moon, I'm the happiest girl in the world. 
I'm going to start advocating for that model here in Colorado. I think they did try to set up like some type of incubator, but basically they just funneled money into a program and then they're still expecting people just to like, uh, I think have some, I mean, there's like there's requirements like and, stuff. and stuff that are doing all that. Yeah. But I think it would be really cool. Like you guys are doing to have companies just say like, we're going to take you under our wing and, and like do this. Let's do like this. Like a mentorship really. Totally. Yeah. 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 We're That's really cool. proud of it. And you know, I think a lot of people are afraid too that like, they're going to be, they're going to give uh, companies a leg up or these, you know, social equity applicants a leg up. And then all of a sudden you have more competition. And I think a lot of people are scared of that, um, which is what I've kind of been hearing from, you know, a lot of people in the industry, but I'm kind of just like, wow, if you're that insecure in your branding or your company or whatever it may be, I mean, I think that's a more of a, more of a you problem than it is a them problem. And so um, that's kind of what I've been pitching to people is that like, you should, have the confidence in your company and your mission and your products um, to, you know, to not be afraid of anything else that could, you know, come along the way. And if, if someone does challenge you, if someone does have the next big, you know, product or life-changing, you know, cannabis discovery, well, then that's only going to benefit the industry as a whole. And so I, it makes me sad when people are so against, you know, progress because they're worried about, you know, their own bottom line or, you know, their own paycheck. And um, I really just implore more people to to kind of do the right thing because everybody knows what the right thing to do is in this situation. And I think a lot of people just kind of beat around the bush with it. Totally. And I have something that's going to pop a lot of people's bubble, but like the black market is still tri- like exponentially larger than the legal market. So exactly. there's still a lot of like, there's still a lot of business that isn't even being done in the legal market. And uh, those people aren't going to make the transition until um, I think some of these regulations are changed and it's a little more favorable to to people that have been doing it for a number of years and kind of probably know the plant better than all the rest of us. Um, <laughs> oh, so I, there's room, there's room for everybody, guys. This thing is just going to keep growing. I mean, gee, many Christmas we've even watched in Colorado. We're like, this thing's going to stop at some point. Right. And even we've with co- records this year, even with coronavirus mm-hmm. hampering tourism, which people always uh, try to attribute, attribute tourism as being uh, the crush that held up Colorado's cannabis market. Colorado's cannabis market broke records this year without tourism. And so I think that should also be a a message to other states that there's still a lot of room for growth. I think there's a lot of people who are on the fence about even becoming a legal cannabis consumer. Um, And so I think the more people you bring into the fold, the more consumers you're also going to bring into the fold and that also have access to uh, to regulated products that are tested, that are clean and also a a myriad of uh, different consumption methods that I think are very beneficial to people. So bring them in. Don't be scared. Absolutely. And I think, and I hope that as we see more inclusion in the cannabis market and that we see more social equity, you know, applicants um, getting in and getting licensed, um, that we'll see a lot more, you know, diverse products because those are all, you know, I, I always like to think of all the different ideas that are in people's heads and if they could just have the opportunity to, to put them in action and really get those products to market. Um, I think, you know, the average cannabis consumer's life would be, you know, changed for the better. And, um, you know, I think it kind of goes back to having more, a more inclusive space and having more, you know, whether it be, you know, young women, young men in, in cannabis and, um, more people not afraid to participate in the industry due to their, you know, their age or their gender or their sexuality or their race or whatever it may be. Um, I think that cannabis has been, um, historically a bit of a kind of like a, 
bros club. <laughs> and so I think as we, as we see more, you know, women in cannabis, um, more people of color and black people in cannabis, um, we'll see a lot of great products coming out of it as well, as well as, you know, the bottom line being so much better and, you know, so it being such a better environment for people. Absolutely. And speaking of that, you know, I was thinking about you earlier, you know, you're 23 or 24. I don't remember. Um, 24. And And I was just thinking, you know, back, I'm only 30, but I was thinking back when I was 24, you know, you're fresh out of college, maybe. And I was just thinking, you know, about family and friends. And if I would have jumped right into cannabis after college, God only knows what, you know, my family and friends would have thought of that. Um, So (laughs) it's very courageous of you to do, you know, what you're doing. So we're just curious, you know, what does your family and friends think about it? What kind of conversations do you guys have about cannabis? Uh, You know, it's really funny because if you knew me in high school, uh, you'd know that I was the biggest dork in the world. Like I was the poster child for like, like I never did any drugs. Um, You know, I never smoked anything, never drank anything, never did anything. I was like the most, you know, kind of straight laced person in the world. And, um, you know, meanwhile, behind the scenes, I was on all of these crazy medications. I was on Vicodin. They prescribed me Oxy. They prescribed me like the craziest things you'd think of. I'd have to go to the hospital, you know, every month for a morphine drip because I was in so much pain that I passed out. You know, it was, you know, it was all this craziness. And then, but to people at school, I was just, you know, the stork that wouldn't try anything that, you know, went straight home after school. You know, I had a really great group of friends, but, um, you know, for the most part, I was kind of boring. And, um, and so, you know, fast forward, however many years later, I'm running one of the biggest cannabis companies in Michigan. We have all these great brands and people are like, wait, what do you do? I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I run a cannabis company. And so in having that conversation with my extremely Catholic, extremely traditional um, Arab family was very interesting. Um, trying to uh, tell my parents that I was um, leaving a medical equipment company um, to sell weed essentially was a really hard sell. And, um, and it was just, it was, I could see like their brains exploding when I told them, oh my um, <laughs> but, but they've been very supportive. Um, you know, for the most part, they were, they're very nervous at the beginning and they're like, wait, what are you doing? Can you explain this to me again? And, you know, trying to translate all these words into Arabic for my parents so that they could just start to understand what I was trying to get at and, you know, trying to explain social equity and all these great things about the industry. Um, even before I was a consumer, um, was really difficult. And so, uh, and you know, to this day, I still have people like at my church who will reach out to me and, um, and be, and tell me that I'm in an industry that's evil or that it, that I shouldn't be a part of, or that, um, really negatively impacts people's lives. And, um, I try to deal with comments like that with as much grace as I can muster up and just try to, you know, explain how, how positively I impact people's lives on a day-to-day basis. And honestly, I, I don't think I could get out of bed every day, you know, with, as much pain as I'm in. And, you know, I, I couldn't, I really couldn't crawl out of bed to a job that I hated or that I thought was, you know, negatively impacting the world. And so it's really my purpose and my passion that gets me out of bed every day. And um, so I'll have that conversation a million times over if, if it helps the bottom line of the cannabis industry, if it helps people understand all the wonderful things that this plant is doing um, and that, and all the wonderful ways it affects people's lives. I'll, I'll talk about it. I'll be the poster child if I need to be. Um, I'll be in every 
you know, I'll do every interview I can if I can just get people to understand how how positive this can be, um, not only for, you know, Michigan's um, industry and local businesses and how it can affect the economy and all the tax reasons, but how on a day-to-day basis it, it saves people's lives. It absolutely does. And I think um, just, I think what you're doing is incredible. I think, uh, you know, please keep doing what you're doing. I know we're grateful for for your voice and your passion and, and your placement. You. And um, those conversations aren't hard. I know Lucy and I have both had to have those conversations. It sounds all too familiar. <laughs> I know I used to use the old reference that uh, the Bible does reference cannabis, guys. So uh, <laughs> right. you, can't, you can't get too wild with it. Um, but, you know, kudos to you. I think that's great. I appreciate it. When when Lucy and I started this whole podcast, we were orig- originally it was supposed to be for millennials because the millennials get a lot of flack these days. Mm-hmm. And we had a hard time finding a lot of people, you know, millennials and, and younger folks in the industry because I think they've just been so like shunned, really. And uh, so it's really promising to see yourself here at a young age, uh, establishing yourself, taking this stuff seriously, and really, you know, putting yourself out there in a place that I know is not comfortable. Um, so, you know, from us to you, kudos, congrats, keep doing what you're doing. We are supporting you. That's great. Thank you so much. And it really means the world to me. Thank you guys. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, we always end the podcast with something fun and, uh, and this, this question, you know, plays off our name. Are you lit or are you lucid? I am both very lit and lucid right now. Thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's like three in a row. We've had I feel a couple like. bolts, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It's that's it's awesome. always it's always fun to see lit and lucid because I think that's what we're trying to tell people is like you can do both. You yeah. can be both. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you got to find the balance, but like just use both sides. So smoke a little bit of weed, think a little bit. <laughs> yeah, think about it, smoke about it, and then do it. You know, that's the way to do it. All right, Narmeen. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate everything you gave to our listeners, and we hope that they enjoyed it immensely as well. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. All right. And with that, I'm lit. I'm lucid. And that's it. Laters. Laters.